Hello, everybody, and welcome to Spiritual Successor, a comedy video game design podcast where we take your wonderful, nasty, beautiful, and awful video game ideas and turn them into the next AAA video game titles. I am one of your hosts, Blake Rea. I'm your other host, AJ Hart, and today we have a special third host. Ooh. Everybody will give a warm welcome to the studio head, creative director, and writer at Strange Scaffold and Beyond, Zalavir Nelson Jr. Hey folks. Tell us tell us tell us a little bit about your work. What are some of the games that you've released? Uh, all sorts of things. Uh, Skatebird mm-hmm. uh, was one of uh, the recent big ones. Space Warlord Organ Trading Simulator. An airport for aliens currently game. run by dogs. Hypnospace Outlaw. Reigns Beyond. Just, again, dozens of games. I've worked on over 60 in the past six years. Uh, and I'm deeply fortunate to have uh, collaborated with as many awesome and incredible teams as I have had the chance to do so. I'm so, sorry, 60 games within six years? Over 60. I might have crossed 70 recently. I don't want to check because I'll have an existential crisis. So, <laughs> so when you say video games, are these... Because oh, AJ and I are currently going through Space Warlord, Oregon Trading Simulator. Are a lot of them in that same like scale as that game is? Or is these could be... Are these like also uh, micro games? Or are these like one... Like what? Is, what is the usual scale at which you're working for to make like? Because that's like ten games a year at that point. Maybe, oh, maybe more depending if you get hit seventy. Like, oh my god. Uh, yeah. The general scope is actually stuff in in that same range. So, uh, different. I have a different roles on every project. Uh, sometimes I'll be a writer. Sometimes I'm a narrative director. Sometimes I'm directing the whole show sometimes i come in to uh consult or bring a essential piece of design to the table but regardless yeah mm-hmm. it's 60 or 70 uh meaty projects <laughs> <laughs> well i in terms of like game development because like we make fake ass games here like if, if we're going by numbers we make a game a week but not real games um is 60 is is 10 games a year a lot for a developer most the average game development career lasts roughly three years uh unfortunately and whoa when you are dealing with game production cycles especially as our budget budgets and our timelines get larger uh where i think the last of us 2 took two, eight years to develop uh mm-hmm. wow you you have some developers who have worked on despite having that despite absolutely being veterans, you have some developers who have worked on maybe two, three games in their career. Um, wow. and, and that was sort of an intentional choice for me. I looked at the opportunities available in this space and I said, do I want to work on, you know, 90 <laughs> Metacritic rated games uh, or do I want to make more things in a given lifetime? And um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I have chosen the make an incredible amount of things with an incredible amount of people route and... It seems to be going pretty well. I'm very thankful. Wow. Yeah, no, right on. Yeah. I, I think AJ and I are in a very similar sort of headspace with, like, because outside this, he and I, we love doing, we've made a bunch of films together, and we've made a bunch of other side projects and launched a bunch of things that, you know, last for a little while, peter out, do whatever. Um, but the idea of doing so much variety 
um, I think is is very exciting and it's very cool. Stressful as all hell, but <laughs> it's very fun. And that variety really shows just by looking at your Twitter account. Like I was scrolling through it earlier and they're already just like a plethora of games that you are either showcasing or revealing or announcing. You're really going at it at a clip and it is really exciting to see. So exciting, in fact, that I think that we should add more to your little portfolio. Yeah, uh, I'm, re I'm oh. really excited to work on some games that I don't have the license for without being arrested. It's going to be great. <laughs> We're not going to get arrested. Nobody's going to give us flack. And here's the best part. Here's the part that I think you're really going to love. You don't actually have to work on these when we're done with it. We, <laughs> we make the joke and then we're done. The funny thing is I was looking at some of the audience suggestions. I try not to look at too many to uh, remain fresh for the recording. But at least mm -hmm. one of the ideas that people uh, posted is actually a, a project that is going inside of Strange Scaffold right now that we haven't announced. And I thought that was kind of funny. Oh! No kidding. Oh. That rules. Oh, we man. Had a, we had a guest on here recently, uh, Will Overgard. When he, we were going through, he, we'd be like, oh, here's this video game submission. And Will was like, oh, I know about a game that's doing this exact thing, actually. <laughs> and he did that for, like, three different submissions. It was buck wild. Is it... Is is that a sign that all ideas have been done or our audience just is actually legitimate game designers pitching us stuff? <laughs> I think that your audience are psychics. And uh, if you lean into the psychic potential of your audience, you can take the experience you had playing Space Warlord Organ Training Simulator that you mentioned before uh, the recording and <laughs> use that to make some big money. Speaking okay, it's speaking speaking of which, uh, AJ and I, uh, for everybody listening at home, are actually, and this is so weird. AJ and I have never done this before. We're actually doing, um, we're playing Space Warlord Oregon Training Simulator on the channel, and I'm learning way more about stocks and how weird and stressful it is. I'm learning how fast Blake can click, and it's really upsetting how good he is at <laughs> clicking and moving the mouse. Hey, I've had I've had the people you don't want walking into your room at specific times happen more times in my life. I've trained. I've trained. I've had to train the click-away game. We made <laughs> games uh, specifically for you, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Actually, AJ, before we go... No, no, no. Before we go into the video game idea, I would love for them to tell their story of how uh, Oregon Trading Simulator came to be. Because they were going into the beginning of the story before we were recording, and then they said one thing that was like, hey, wait, hold on. <laughs> yeah. Could you hit us with that story? Sure. Back when I had health insurance, uh, before I lost health insurance, and this year I again have health insurance, which is an immense weight off of my back. That's great. But yeah. uh, back in the original health insurance times, when I didn't think about the fact that I had health insurance because I was relatively a child, uh, a doctor walked into uh, the room as I was waiting for my checkup. Uh, this person, or apparently they were a doctor, uh, they weren't wearing scrubs. They closed the door behind them. It was just a man wearing clothes uh and they said of do you want to see your insides <laughs> and in that moment i had already started to make some games and i was like okay this is either going to go really bad or become a really good story to tell on the spiritual successor podcast in a few years so uh <laughs> i said yes turns out that was 
uh, an actual doctor. It was a doctor in training. They were doing their rounds. They needed more, they needed more practice on the ultrasound machine. And so uh, I got to see my kidneys and intestines and liver work, uh, as well as just things like my heart. And I've always been fascinated by body horror and the relationship that people have with their mortal uh, shell that they even prefer not to think about because that is slightly uncomfortable. We have this amazing uh, God-given set of systems working inside of us at all times. But as soon as you stop to think about it, that is deeply existentially distressing. So, yeah, like your intestines are moving at all times, aren't they? And I can't feel that. The fun fact, the small intestine is has to, if during a surgery, is the one organ in your body that needs to be pinned down. Because when it is removed, it will attempt to reshape itself outside of your body automatically into the right shape. It has muscle memory. That sucks. Whoa, I hate hearing this. That's so cool. What? <laughs> Whoa. That's amazing. So wait, hold on. So hold on, hold on, hold on. Does that affect so your game about selling organs? So say, what What if my small intestine has a different muscle memory than the person it's being given to? Like, does that affect things in any way? Or is it yeah, like... Yeah, but wait, hold on. Blake, you know that, like, if you do organ transplants, your body will reject the organ, right? Sometimes. No, there... Sometimes. If you're, like, the right uh, blood type and everything is a go, you're, you, you but, can... But give even people, like, your... when you are the right blood type, it can still go horribly wrong for, uh, re- for so many different reasons. So the body is this special and strange place... And so having this kind of visceral, surreal experience with my own uh, taught me something about mortality and also made me deeply interested in uh, in creating experiences based around this. So at, at some point I was talking with a friend about how simulators were selling so well on Steam and it was like, hey, what type of simulator would you make? And as a joke, off the cuff, top of the mind, I just said out loud, oh, uh, a game called Space Warlord Organ Tr- Regulation and Trading Simulator. And <laughs> then that turned into, you know, 14 months of work, as as happens when you're going to make a game. <laughs> Actually, that's an interesting question. Do you Are you developing more than one game at a time? We, like working with different teams? We have eight games being developed internally inside of Strange Scaffold, and we are published. Wow. We just revealed the first game that we're publishing uh, earlier this week. Wow. Oh, oh, my gosh. That's so cool. You'll have to, please, at the end of the episode, you'll have to tell us more about that information. Until then, we got to develop some more games. I know your workload is pretty heavy. Eight games is a lot of games, but we're going to throw about two or three more games at you. AJ, do you want to hit us with the first submission? Yeah, this one writes itself, really. This comes from Caleb Martin's <laughs> Taylor this. version at Asithius on Twitter.com. Goldeneye, but Austin Powers. Ooh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> now, I have a confession uh-huh. to make, and that is that I know two things about Austin Powers. One, groovy baby. And two is the opening sequence to, I think, the second Austin Powers movie where he's trying to run around town and everybody wants his buns and is all super excited for him and so he has to do some looney tunes style shit to dodge all of his doting fans 
I mean, y'all already know what that's like as people who make podcast content, so. <laughs> uh, pretty dry, pretty dry. You would uh, you would not, not a whole lot of return. Uh, speak for one. yourself. No, I totally get it. Like, you would not believe how many times I have to do the newspaper trick where I put a newspaper that's a photo of my face above me, and no one knows it's me looking at the newspaper. <laughs> All right, so a question about the about the submission. So Goldeneye did have a single-player experience, but I feel like that game was popular because of the multiplayer stuff, right? Whereas, like, split-screen, like, FPS, right? I don't know. I wasn't allowed to have games that had guns in it when I was playing on Nintendo 64s because I was a baby. <laughs> I mean, it had, like, it had... I mean, it also had, like, a ray gun. There's a little bit of fantasy in it. I think... Zolivir, what's your GoldenEye experience? I think my GoldenEye experience is uh, mainly hearing people not shut up about GoldenEye for so many years <laughs> and <laughs> wanting to eventually get my hands on it. And, and when I did, finding myself kind of surprised at uh, the way that the, the first-person shooter genre evolved from that point. Because Goldeneye is actually a deeply interesting mm-hmm. and idiosyncratic game in the context of what a first-person shooter is, um, in um, among a several uh, ways, the fact that it has auto-aim as a priority in the game. We hadn't figured out, especially on a Nintendo 64 controller, how does a first-person shooter feel uh, on mm-hmm. a gamepad? And so the game was about reflexes yes but almost more so about reflexes than aim because your controller would snap to the enemy that was in view uh this is also part of like the initial appeal of a rocket launcher right because you're using that tiny little yellow stick to navigate uh your cursor and that's not great for quick headshots and it's yeah, not great for anything <laughs> It is great for for uh, wearing holes through your skin because you're playing Mario Party uh, and you gotta wiggle yes. it as quickly as uh, possible. And so, yeah, I'm fascinated that the direction the first person shooter went after that, also Doom, large degree of auto aim because of its single axis, and we all went, oh, a first person shooter is about aiming, right? Not about positioning, not about weapon variety, all these other different things. Um, I'd be fascinated to see. Uh, what, if ever, is taken, uh, what, if anything, is taken from those original games and eventually used to create a new kind of first-person shooter. I've thought about what a first-person shooter by Strange Scaffold might look like if it was not about aim, but was about um, other variables. Uh, And this is all a very long way of saying that uh, the GoldenEye Foundation is actually perfect for Austin Powers because... Austin Powers already knows how to shoot. You just have to put him in the right place and make sure that his uh, buns are covered. Exactly. <laughs> oh, so it's a it's an FPS game that is also about dodge is about dodging the people that are trying to get your buns. So is it basically like a gun? It, it's an FPS, an environment where you are trying to not shoot as many. You're trying to avoid shooting people, or avoid you're dodging as well as shooting. That could it's like be a John it. Wick fight. It's like that. It's like that John Wick scene where they're both like walking down a, a populated uh, mall walkway, and they're do- having like the compensator uh, or the the suppressor like gun scene, 
and they're just avoiding shooting people in that are in front of them. So what I would flag as being important here is whenever you dodge someone grabbing for your buns, uh, it goes into Bayonetta Witch Time, and it goes into slow-mo, and you can use that to fight your enemy. So it becomes a very kinetic experience of even intentionally sort of waving your buns just out of someone's reach. Then dodging, you're in slow-mo, and you can take out more enemies. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Oh, First-person okay, okay. shooter with a Bayonetta Witch Time mechanic is absolutely what I'm here for. Uh, one caveat I need to make. When you do the cool dodge, the Austin Powers theme song plays. I don't know what the Austin Powers theme song <laughs> is. I don't Dude, that song was so big, it was even in Samurai Jack. It played on, like, a jukebox in a bar. It's fucking awesome. He is a man of action. We are out here as Austin Powers trying to fight bad guys. It's just that there are also a lot of civilians... And you need to perfectly do your cool dodges so that you can slow down time and go into powers time so that you can do all of your cool stunts. Hey, do either of you remember the hit video game for the Xbox 360 generation, Wet? I do. Generation Wet? What in the world is that? <laughs> wet was a double A. It was, you know what? I don't know what the budget of this game was. I think it was a Bethesda published game where... It was a third-person shooter, but you had mechanics like run on walls and slide. But anytime you ran on walls or slid, the game would slow down. And so you could aim better with your guns. Oh, okay. And this wasn't I think a it PvP used thing? the fact that there's a level where the girl runs around with nothing but a towel wrapped around her as a marketing selling point. It was a weird time for video games. <laughs> they were heavily inspired by things like Tarantino. So it was basically like, what if we made Kill Bill into a video game? Wet. No, it's it's not Operation Wet. You're gonna find a lot of other different no. stuff. It's the game is called Wet specifically. <laughs> it's, it's just, just wet. It's called Wet. That's yeah, W E T. Wet. Not Wet specifically. Wet. Oh, just I, rem- wet. I remember the the art for this game. I remember. I remember because it reminded me so much. Yeah, of, but um, I remember the art to this game too. <laughs> no, I mean because it reminded me so much of um. What's that one game about the guy who has, like, the grappling hook and the wingsuit? Um, Motherfucker, you need to be more specific. No, that is so so specific. He's the guy that, like, the whole game is uh, built around just doing the most insane stunts you can do. And you're also, like, an assassin guy. Um, is Is it Just Cause? It might be Just Cause, yeah. There's also Total Overdose. The game that you want Just Cause to be is the game that I would want it to be also, but I don't remember it being that. It Probably not. Tragically. <laughs> to- Total Overdose is that, though, from an earlier Total? generation of games. Uh, Total Overdose. I would oh, hate yeah, if I was the only person who remembered Total Overdose in 2022. I didn't make up this game, right? What no. is this? <laughs> Why, spicy move? <laughs> A gunslinger's tale in Mexico. What in that? It was what open. Is it was open world. Uh, it was it was open world like Latin American flavored Max Payne, and it was absolutely buck wild because they were like, "Hey, people would love if you could do like 
Lucho, uh, luchador moves in GTA San Andreas, right? <laughs> and they were right, but the game did not sell as many copies as it needed to get a, a sequel. I'm uh, looking at an image right now that I dropped into the Discord chat that just says in big caps, Bullseye, Shoot, Dodge, Headshot, Kill 17. Um, <laughs> Were there trick shots like you were playing Tony Hawk in this game? Yes, there was. It was a critical piece oh, of the uh, combat loop. Lovely. Okay, so is there a way we can implement something like this into our Austin Powers Goldeneye game? So it's like we it's it's the idea of you the gameplay loop is you are in an open area that has like a bunch of other people in it that you're try, going. I mean, are we, is this go? Are you up against AI or are you up against other players? I, I think feel AI. Like... I think it's against other like you're in a world generated. We have a whole Austin Powers story about him time traveling sure. yes i don't know what austin powers does um and so he's gonna time travel he's running around in a big open world but the thing about austin powers is that in all times everybody wants to jump it jump his bones they want his, so everybody's his, his adoring really fans randy. they all love him so you're constantly having to dodge npc civilians mm -hmm. while activating trick shots and powers time to shoot all the bad guys okay all right i could dig that I could dig that. And is, is it where you are trying to get the most points out of, like, the people that are, you are competing with? Um, I'm trying to figure out... Oh, like, yes, we can absolutely have levels with scoreboards like Bullet Storm, a video <laughs> game that is single-player but has scoreboards so you can laugh at your friends for doing cooler, more incredible things. Bullet Storm is also so good. Bullet Storm is really good. Hey, you know what? More shooting games should have scoreboards, I think. All I want... Uh is that uh, when Austin Powers is uh, fighting and trying to get on the scoreboard, he has an additional number that none of the other competitors, like they're all like horribly culturally insensitive stereotypes, uh, and they're going up against Austin Powers. The one thing he can do, and the little like modifier uh, next to his uh, score number, is he can smooch. So like... Oh. You go into witch time, make out with an NPC, and then you say, Groovy, baby! And then you go back to shooting enemies with your oh. double guns. Oh, that's... Okay, hold on. You're on to something there, because, like, one of the big things about Austin Powers is, like, uh, he, in the middle of, like, action scenes and stuff, he'll take moments to, like, swoon, like, the women... Uh, I don't know why I said the women. He can he just swoons ladies that he finds attractive. Swo he so, swoons the women. <laughs> swoons the women. I don't know why I said that way. Um, so it's a game about like you're basically comboing being not only the best action hero around being Austin Powers, but you're also supposed to be the sexiest spy around. So it's this balance of like. You are a good, a good scoreboard from an Austin Powers run really is a, a player swapping randomly and very quickly between Powers time, smooching, dodging, shooting, smooching again. Just creating like the biggest chains. Or, uh, it's biggest a real horny John way. And, and much like uh, James Bond, you don't get any score bonuses for kissing the same person twice. It always has to be a new person. It's a love them and leave them uh. kind of thing. And this is the tragedy <laughs> underlying Austin, right? Because both for purposes of amping his score, as well as being a human being with functional relationships, he can't go to the same woman twice. <laughs> oh my gosh, what if there was... What if the way that this was enforced is that there was actually a fridging mechanic? 
So like if you try to you kiss <laughs> you can kiss the same person twice. Groovy baby. If you kiss the same person twice, uh, after the second time you kiss them, they're taken out by a sniper's bullet, and there's a three minute unskippable <laughs> cutscene where you have to mourn their death before uh, you get horny again. <laughs> yes. I love this because this is, this also puts agency on the player. Uh, I visually I cannot imagine this game having better graphics than the Xbox or the PlayStation. Not the PlayStation. Hold on, let me dig through every game system in my brain. The Nintendo sixty four era of video game graphics, and it is on the game player to recognize that they've already kissed a girl with blonde hair and a green shirt and beige pants this level. Yes. They better oh. not kiss another one, otherwise they're going to get the three-minute-long cutscene. Oh, God, you've formed an attachment. Can't have that happening. Oh, that would be a... That's the exact bark that's said in your, in your, in your ear. Like, a very British <laughs> voice says, you formed an attachment, Austin. We can't have that happening. And then there's, it's shot. <laughs> gunshot. Cut to black. Fade up to a funeral. That's also a way to get past, like, the whole Steam <laughs> review barrier where you yes. need to make sure the game is at least two hours long. How many of that is cut seats because you accidentally <laughs> kissed someone with a green shirt twice? <laughs> this rules. I do want to put a pin in this, and we can pitch another video game for us to develop. Okay. This one comes to us on Twitter from shitposterhour awuga at otensen6. Johnny Bash. Crypto Cash. Play as Hitman who invests in NFTs. So I'm trying Can to I figure... So talk yeah. about NFTs for a brief moment because you opened up this door? Yeah, are we going to mention how, like, the NFTs that sold for, like, $18 million, like, a few months ago are selling for, like, not that anymore? Kind, kind <laughs> of, but I need to talk about how I was on Twitter.com, like, two days ago, and mm -hmm. I thought I was having a fever dream because I saw that... The guy that voiced Shake from Aqua Teen Hunger Force voice acted, a, voice acted a clip as Shake talking about how if you give an NFT ape slurp juice, you get three NFT apes. And I don't know what any of that means. I just know that Shake Aqua Teen Hunger Force came back from the dead to say it. Wait, no. Th I, this this happens? Hold on, Aquatine. Yeah, it, it, it was it was a cameo thing where someone wanted him to read out this absurd tweet about uh, Slurp Juice, trying to explain in any way, shape, or form that uh, NFTs might make sense. Oh, and still failing. <laughs> oh lordy. Okay, so is this this is uh, this is I'm trying to figure out: Are we the person that is killing the NFT? Like that's this is a person that has a vendetta against what NFTs are. And it's some sort of sandbox game to go into it, the computer and kill NFTs. As, is that like the mark? It's like you're trying to. No, go... I don't want to do a video game where you have to create somebody that's going in and killing apes. But I do want to get, well, create not a new ape escape video game. <laughs> ape, good. Okay, hear good me game. out. It's you have to kill the blockchain. This is the uh, mysterious organization that is making all of your lives horrible and also killing the planet. And this blockchain is represented by tiny little apes. You gotta find them in the levels and discreetly eliminate them and hide their tiny little bodies uh, because uh, ape murder is seen as wrong instead of a cosmic uh, writing of uh, instead of a cosmic writing of wrongs. <laughs> See, this is something that people don't think about: is there's so many collectathon games, but there's so few hideathon games. Oh, okay. 
Zolivir, I love this idea because we can hunt down and kill these monkeys and then hide them. Did has there ever been a game where you like you're purposely trying to hide things other than Hitman and Naughty Bear? And Splitter Cell. So glad people uh, remember Naughty Bear. <laughs> this, <laughs> I don't know how Naughty Bear got in my big brain. Naughty Bear I've fans. Never, I've never played that game in my life. I actually think it gave me a nightmare one time because I saw a trailer for it. Did you see how they made a sequel where you're on a uh, desert island uh, and it's it's called Panic in Paradise uh, and, and you murder bears who are trying to have a vacation? Wow, they really made a naughty bear. I'm sorry. I, not only did I just remember this video game, but it's also hitting me how weird this video game is. <laughs> remember how you're also supposed to, to scare the bears uh, so that you, when you eventually do kill them, you get more points? You basically play as Jason, but what if he was a teddy bear? <laughs> what a weird game. Do you think this game stands up? Like, can we go back and replay Naughty Bear? I would love to see uh, a Naughty Bear resurgence on TikTok, uh, but because of the <laughs> lack of preservation uh, methodology in our medium, unfortunately, uh, there's no way to play Naughty Bear on modern systems. This no, this is the same thing uh, that keeps us from playing the Wheel Man. What is the Wheel Man? Vin Diesel made an open world uh, car battling slash stunt game uh, <laughs> where you uh, do sick jumps. And go real fast and shoot things in slow-mo, like Austin Powers. Hey, and video games are so fucking weird. Have we ever talked about that? <laughs> and instead of remastering things like Vin Diesel's The Wheel Man, we, we make frickin' Final Fantasy VII again. We already made it. It was good. Why don't we get the remaster of Naughty Bear? <laughs> So how can we go about making Hitman? Is is that just the game? Do you want to do a different game, AJ? Yeah, could you hit me with another one? Because I think that no matter what we did, we would just end up making Naughty Bear again. Because <laughs> there's no way we could do something better with the idea of hiding dead bodies than Naughty Bear. And Naughty Bear 2 Trouble in Paradise. All right. I got another game on from, from Twitter then. I can give you another one. This one comes to us uh, from, twi uh, from Western Meadow at B10 underscore Baloo. A game about how much stuff you can sneak. Actually, let me give a little bit of setup. A little bit of setup to this. Everybody knows movie theater food very expensive. Very, very, very expensive. We've all been there. We've tried sneaking in. Okay, how many how many M and M's can I stash in my pocket? How many bunch of crunches can I put in my pant leg? How I big can keep one hundred and twenty seven M and M's in my in my pocket before they start rattling and give away my signal or uh. give away my. Yeah, but, I but, have measured this. But you have a timer on that of of you only have like three or so minutes before it starts melting in your pocket. So you got to like. Also, if get I'm running late for the movie, I, it completely goes to shit. My rattling gets so loud. <laughs> you rattle about. So the, I think you already know where this game is going. This one comes to us from Western Meadow at B10 underscore Baloo. How much stuff can you sneak into the theaters in your town? Uh, it's just a, it's a, like it's a risk to reward ratio of like okay your mission is you have x amount of time to get into the movie theater buy your ticket get like that one thing from the concession stand so it makes it look like you know you hey you, you're not just like skipping who who doesn't go to the concession stand um you you got to get something 
So you you have to get something. I went to a movie is. theater recently with somebody that didn't get anything at the concession That's stand. Weird. They just sat there and They're a weird watched person. a movie with nothing to eat or drink. That person murders in their free time. Uh, Zolivir, how do you feel about the the concessions at a movie theater? Please make sure. Please don't tell us that you are one of these dry movie watchers. <laughs> I don't know how family friendly this podcast is. How family friendly? Not, not at all. Not Actually, at all. I hate families. If I find out that there's a family listening to this, I want them to turn it off right now. Okay, so y'all are talking about raw dogging movies in a movie theater. Um, <laughs> no popcorn or anything. So yeah, yeah. no popcorn or anything. Yeah, just, it's just, the worst, right? That's, no. <laughs> I, I have. Uh, I have been that person. I have been that person who doesn't <sighs> do the concessions. Sometimes I will. We were tight, man. But sometimes <laughs> I, I also don't because because consensus are expensive. I know some, yeah. someone who their friends and are a human being with a beating heart. I know someone who their friend <laughs> smuggled in a duffel bag full of sixteen calzones that they had made at home to Holy watch a Star Wars shit. movie. <laughs> how do you sneak that in? Like, how do you what sneak do you a do duffel? with that many? You eat them, obviously. I, if we can eat a whole, if we can eat two large bags of popcorn, we could eat sixteen calzones. No doubt about it. Is, no, okay, I don't think you get. No, you. you I don't think a, you could get. Hey, how many people were part of this calzone crime? Uh, there, there, there was like, yeah, this person did a sacrifice of they. We're late to the Star Wars movie, uh, barely got in before it began, and the reason why is because they spent all day making calzones for their friends, putting them in a duffel bag, and then sneaking them past security so that they could make sure that their friends who were hungry uh, had food to eat. What a fucking hero. That's that's the friend you want in your friend group at all times for every adventure. Where does the heist become the most dangerous on this calzone packing trip? Because like you can get into the door... You can get into the doorway easy, no problems. Mm -hmm. You could probably get to security. I just don't see how you get a whole duffel bag past the security I guy that's taking like, your ticket. I feel like you can take a backpack with you. At I mean, maybe not as an adult, but I remember as a kid, it was way easier to sneak stuff in because it's like the movie theater was right near my school. So the school was like used to seeing kids that were seeing movies after they got out of class. So it's not like they're going to stop every single one of them with a backpack. So I I think it I think some movie theaters are a little bit more okay with just people bringing backpacks in because they know they're out and about. I I guess. Hey, hold on. This Calzone Crusader is actually on some next level Calzone shit Crusader. because now that I'm thinking about it, um, movie theaters sell pizzas and yeah. like. The mess that comes with, like, having just, like, a big, open-faced, cheesy, saucy mess right there mm -hmm. in the dark movie theater, very stressful. I couldn't imagine doing it. Some people buy nachos for the movie theater. Also feels like playing with fire. But the calzone, everything is contained within it. It's a nice little pocket of food. Yeah. So is uh, let's figure out, like, the, the framework for this game. You got to figure out, like what you want to take in actually there you go we get orders from you are the snack person you are going to be the one bringing in the amounts uh bringing in food for your friends and it is this balance of how much food can i sneak in and versus how much food do i have to buy at the concession stand and each level you are trying to walk with it's like okay my i was able to make a profit of x amount this movie trip 
um, or X amount of what, uh, or it's like, because you have to figure out like how much you spend actually spending on concessions versus saving some money by bringing things in. But it's that it's that like that back and forth of try of stealth and trying to maximize your the amount of money you've made from that trip. Is that movie something theaters? I, I'm sorry, I need to go back because again, I worked at a movie theater. We're trained specifically to watch out for suspicious behavior and to report it. Hey, how does the friend have an entire duffel bag and not make it look suspicious? <laughs> at this point, you need to uh, steal the outfit of a military veteran uh, and walk in like you've just come in from war and it's like I've just come in from war and I wanted to see I wanted to see the Paw Patrol movie are you going to really take this duffel bag out of my my war torn hands I'm back from the war and I need to go see Minions The Rise of Gru I mean I like that because it's the the amount of what you're getting busted for rises exponentially in that situation. Getting busted for trying to sneak food into a movie theater, not that big of a fence. Uh, stolen honor. Uh, stolen valor. <laughs> you're will- you're- stolen valor, thank you. You're willing to get stolen valor <laughs> more than you're willing to get caught for food. <laughs> I, 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 think I, love, I, I love the commitment. I think a key thing here is like if we're talking about the actual design of this game is the risk and reward of how many concessions... You are the snack person for your friend group. How many concessions do you buy versus the ones you sneak in? How, what do you sneak them in through? Uh, when do you sneak them in? Because there's like... You, this uh, movie theater has different... Um, this movie theater has different staff. Some are more and less observant. You're also picking your moment. When can you slip in? What are the space between the guards patrolling? Uh, and all this combines to make a largely interface-based... Uh, lemonade stand game, but the lemonade stand uh, is the lemonade stand that you bought cheap drinks from so you could bring them uh, as a hurried exec in a hurried executive costume to the front desk of the movie and be like, I'm sorry, my boss, he's the head of 20th Century Fox, he's watching the rise of Gru right now. If I don't bring him this lemonade in 10 seconds, my job is done. So you choose costume, method of smuggling, what things you're smuggling in, and uh, you, you just try to see if you can get past uh, whoever the door guard is. And I love that the yes, yes. As you would be complicating these plans and getting them a bit more, more complicated, more in depth, larger scale the suspicion is going to rise as well. When you're casing a joint for a movie theater heist people might start to catch on and they're going to watch out for you. Also, if you've been caught once, would the, wouldn't the security kind of be uh, increased after that point? So it's like, if you get caught... And then we with get to certain... go into the disguise mini-games. Well, I'm wondering if you get caught, whatever methodology you use that time is no longer usable. So, like, the, the pitch that you use and um, how you snuck the thing like maybe they check a specific part of your body that you can no longer stash a soda in your leg you can no longer stash mm. uh, m&ms in your back pocket so it's like you are as you were before you're sneaking in you actually are given like this hud that shows your body and it shows like its storage capacity which you can upgrade between levels from the profit that you made on the last level 
and then uh, you can basically just assign where things go on your person. But if you get caught, you can't use that part of your that part of your body either for the next level or the rest of your run. Um, so who knows? I think something like that could be fun. I think you should get points, but I don't think you should be getting money. I think you should be in some way selfless slash put upon. Everyone has they have designated uh... you as the person who must do crimes. Because everyone has been there as a kid, right? Where uh-huh. We've all been the crime man as We've part of our friend group. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it wasn't just me who was like put in that awkward no, position of like, yep. you're just designated for your kindergarten. You're going to be the person who gets like two more Cheez-Its for your friends, even though you all had Cheez-Its already. And y- you wrestle with the moral implications of whether you can be forgiven after that. <laughs> I mean, I know that in my friend group, we definitely cycled who got, had to do the crimes. It would, would be one of those things of like, oh, I snuck in the movie or the popcorn and candy this time, so next time you have to do that. What um, I love about this... We made sure that everybody had the opportunity to have their moral quandaries. Why, why can't you take your own food into a movie theater? Like, what, what is the reasoning behind that? Is it because they don't want you to... Money. Well, I mean, obviously, but I'm trying to think of, like, what is the, what is the pitch that they're telling us? It's like I mean, the other pitch is probably that they don't want a bunch of 26-year-olds smuggling booze into Sonic 2. Then just say don't Not that I would booze. have done that, of course. <laughs> just saying, like, that wouldn't have been something that I did. I, you know, that, that's a, that does bring an interesting question. Does it get hard, uh, easier to smuggle things in as you get older? Because, like, they don't look at, like, adults that look like I have a well-established job. Oh, yeah, or... you can put literally anything you want in a purse or backpack. Uh, yeah. And, or a thermos. And then, like, but I feel like as a kid, they're or expecting... Or a thermos. It, you're right. I'm wondering, as, as a kid, do you think they're more inclined to be like, okay, these kids are more than likely going to be sneaking something in. I'm going to stop them, but I'm not going to stop the person dressed in a suit, you know? I mean, do you want the real-world answer, Blake? What's the real-world answer? The real-world answer is that literally nobody that works at a movie theater gives a shit except the managers. And, like, you can smuggle and walk whatever you want into the business so long as the manager isn't standing right there. Because everybody that works there will play stupid if the manager comes around later. Like, you know, somebody had, like, a bottle of something. They're like, oh, it's crazy. I don't know who let them go through. Could have been any one of us. I don't know. I think a final and critical piece of this game design is that it gets to the truth of the matter that I think you've uh, also circled around, which is you if you just bring in one thing, no one cares. If you actually try to do a goofy heist or hijink, that's where you get busted. So you can just bring in the Mike and Ikes from the outside world. Uh, Put them in your freaking pocket. It could be peeking out of your pocket. No one cares. But if you try to put on a fake mustache... And a suit and say, oh, I'm George Wheat Tellington. I, I have a desperate need to bring in these calzones. Is this how your movie haberdasheries work in these adders? That, that's when you get busted. The problem wasn't smuggling in the candy. The problem was launching off eight confetti cannons in the restroom <laughs> to get everybody to run over there. Yeah, because then that's more things that people have to clean up. Yeah. Oh, so it's like you want to avoid actually pissing off the people that could bust you. 
Yeah, you the people that the people that you actually care about. It's okay. a it's I a like stealth really game where the NPCs the are apathetic. I love that. It's a it's a <laughs> stealth game that gives the players so many mechanics and things that they can use to like like cause distractions. But the speedrun community is like, all right. So I loaded up the mic and mics in my pocket. I'm gonna go through to my movie theater right now. And the speedrun is just them walking. They just through. walk in. <laughs> you can make it as complicated as you want, and. It, you are not going to be rewarded for getting complicated with it. In fact, you might be punished for making it more complicated. I think being punished for doing a good job uh, or for being creative is something that's common to the American school experience, and we will really, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll really manage to connect with the youth. <laughs> AJ, you got one more lightning round game for us? Adequate Orange at Adequate Orange on Twitter suggests we need a new poker night at the inventory style game for this decade, but we can only get characters from franchises that haven't been in a crossover game before. Do y'all remember the poker night video game? Sure do. No. <laughs> poker, poker night at the inventory was a crossover poker game where they had characters like Max and Sam. Was that the dog and the rabbit? And then a dude from Venture Bros and one of the Team Fortress 2 characters, and they all played poker together. Oh, I love that. That's wonderful. What? I don't know why the Venture Bros guy was in there. That was kind of a wild pick. Was it the big buff guy, Samson? Yeah. Also, yeah. GLaDOS was there. Yes! Awesome! Ash from the Evil Dead was in the second one, and the first one they had Strong Bad and Tycho Brahe from the Penny Arcade. Uh, it was Ooh. it was the precursor of Fortnite in a lot of ways. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what kind of game plan are you thinking here? I'm just trying to think of like what maybe we just shout out a couple weird franchises that we want to do a crossover. Now, of course, we've had some wild d- deep pulls today already with Girl from Wet, Naughty Bear, <laughs> Vin Diesel. <laughs> But are there any other weird pulls that anybody wants to just drag out just to flex on the internet? Oh, um, I need to like a setup. I'm not. I'm not. I, I can't just pull it out of nowhere. Uh, Bruce the shark from uh, Jaws, uh, the original Jaws. The, the shark's okay. name is Bruce. Yeah, there's there's my pull for the day. If you didn't know that, the shark's name was Bruce. I want Chris Pratt in the new Poker Night. How is that? You told us do like something obscure. How would that, that guy? He's one of the biggest actors in Hollywood right now. I zagged on him. What do you want? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you didn't see it coming. You put me me on the spot and then you just get to... That's fucked up of you. That's that's real (laughs) fucked up of you. (laughs) My pitch is that this game needs a guiding principle. And what is that guiding principle? Uh, Mumblecore... teen slash indie dramas from the early 2000s i want Ooh. i want uh zach okay, braff so hold from on. garden state i want uh <laughs> scarlett johansson but the version from ghost world i want uh the entire cast of american pie i'm looking for comedies i'm looking for Again, these like mumblecore indie dramas that have uh, I and cult want classics. McLovin in this game. McLovin, <laughs> M- McLovin might be. He, uh, McLovin has a bit too much stature. I don't think we can pay for McLovin. But can we get? Uh, can we get? Can we get the police officers that were in Superbad? Seth Rogen and Bill Hader, absolutely not. But could we get some of the people from Arrested Development? Could we get Ron Howard himself, who played? 
the narrator? Could he be the GLaDOS equivalent? Uh, who knows? The important thing is, I, I just love the idea of taking all of these, like, cult classics or the very first Wes Anderson movies, uh, the versions of those actors that existed then. Owen Wilson, giant actor now, been in Marvel stuff with Loki, but the version of him... From, from Bottle Rocket, from a, from, specifically. Oh, Bottle Rocket. Okay, I was. I thought you were gonna dig for uh, Shanghai Nights and Shanghai Noon. We're we're looking we're looking for those indie dramas. We're looking for that low low budget license. Hey, so which one of these incredible ideas that we've created today do we think is the video game that's worth being shipped out? I'll run back through the list. We have our honestly just a list of funny polls and characters that we can think <laughs> of. Um, we have the Austin Powers video game that we've created and we had a middle one that I don't remember anymore. The movie one? The movie, the movie one where we were trying to sneak into a movie theater. Yeah, mm-hmm. which one of these is a video game we want to try to create? I'm very invested in the idea of creating another char- like character action shooter with a point system. The Austin Powers. I feel like Austin... Oh, well, you were saying... No, I was just gonna say I want to give the final uh, the final decision to our guest. I feel like they they they're our game director this week. You are the game director. Which one do you feel most confident about? Uh, I think Poker Night: The Inventory is an underutilized uh, system, and with my specific <laughs> sense of humor, uh, with <laughs> the idea of a game that would star the cast of Better Luck Tomorrow with other uh, indie dramas I've seen from the early two thousands, makes me laugh personally. Uh, I also think that you can actually, using systemics, make a pretty buck wild, uh, sneak things into a movie theater, uh, either interface or platformer game, Monaco, but set in the real world. But as far as commercial potential, as well as potential to control scope to make it profitable, you kinda, you kinda just gotta go with character action Austin Powers. You're dodging, (laughs) you're going in slow-mo, you're smooching. You're having your loved ones uh, killed in a merciless fashion. It has everything that you need from a big-budget video game in 2022. And uh, I believe it will connect uniquely to the audiences of today because, of course, people under the age of 30 have seen Austin Powers. Of course. (laughs) Yeah, we've all seen Austin Powers. (laughs) Of course the TikTok and Gen Z generation is just talking about Austin Powers all the time. This is the trend of the future, my friends, and we need to take advantage of it while the iron is hot. <laughs> so are I we think gonna, what, what are we calling I it? think the one new addition I want to make sure that we add into this game is that it does have the score system that the uh, Overload game does, uh, but all the font is going to be in, like, Austin Powers text with yeah, very, the swirly very text. 1960s sort, uh, sort of, uh, like, flashy uh, flower power sort of vibe. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But what do we name this game? Austin Powers. What? Com. I'm trying to find something that leans into the combo element, where it's like you're trying to chain Austin Powers chain reaction because you're trying to like chain things together and get a reaction out of the people around you, like a a uh, a, a sexual reaction. Okay. This. <laughs> I have I have a pitch. It's a bad pitch, 
but I feel confident in it. In this Those moment. are my favorite kind of pitches. That's what I started this whole show for. We're talking about <laughs> combos, which brings my, my mind to think about sandwiches sold at fast food uh, establishments. What is stopping us from calling it Austin Powers Lady Sandwich? <laughs> Never heard of Lady Sandwich, but I love, I love the the implication. <laughs> it's Austin Powers, and the cover is him sandwiched between two women, and it's like, aha! Uh-huh, uh-huh. And the women are smiling like, aha! Uh-huh. And we're going like, ooh, that's unfortunately named. <laughs> sure, you know what? I'm down. I'm into I'm it. I'm into it. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Austin Powers Lady Sandwich. <laughs> it, it has the exact same cadence as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as well. <laughs> Austin Powers Lady Sandwich. Austin Powers Lady Sandwich. Austin Powers Lady Sandwich. Austin Powers Lady Sandwich. Women uh, have agency. Austin Powers. <laughs> That's going to be a video game, and I think I'm ready to go to Patch Notes. (laughs) Hello, everybody, and welcome to Patch Notes. Today, again, we had an amazing guest. Zolivir, thank you so much for coming and making a bunch of silly video games with us. Um, If people liked your particular sense of humor and want to see more of the things that that you've done, where should they go? What should they be checking out? You can find me on uh, Twitter and TikTok at at Rit Nelson, W-R-I-T Nelson. Uh, we just launched Space Warlord Organ Trading Simulator on Nintendo Switch. We also announced Woo. that it will have a physical edition, which will be in stores like Target and Best Buy and Walmart, uh, as well as a vinyl LP. So you can check those out and pre-order those now from store.serenityforge.com. We just announced that we're publishing our first game. Uh, it's Purgatory Dungeoneer by Damian Crawford, uh, the weird RPG genius. Uh, the full title is My Grandpa Died and All He Left Me Was This One Dungeon in Purgatory Filled with Nihilistic Adventurers. So if you like this podcast as well as just the vibe of that name, the chaos it radiates, uh, you want to get in on that and wishlist that now on Steam. And finally, we announced the next game release that's coming from Strange Scaffold very soon, published by Modern Wolf. Uh... Witch Strandings, it's a 2D experimental open world strand type game uh, in the form of an interface game that extends beyond the borders of your screen. Uh, it's beautiful, it's weird, it's dark, uh, and in many ways, uh, like this podcast, it causes you to consider and regret your life decisions. So look out for that in the near future and also wishlist that on Steam. All right. Thank you so much for giving us all that info. If you guys are interested in checking out any more of their, uh, any more info on them, uh, we have links in the description below. And if you want to see one of their games in action, come check us out on our YouTube channel where we're going through and becoming stockbrokers in the organ trade. Um, Can't say we're doing too well. I'm not very good with my money and I'm even worse with my organs. As always, the intro and outro music that we use is Cheap Shop by Anna Monaguchi, an excellent song from an excellent band for an excellent game. I have been one of your hosts, AJ Hart. And I have been your other host, Blake Rea. And I'm Zolivir Nelson Jr., and I'm great at social cues. (laughs) And we'll walk you through this last part. I'm going to say, and this is Spiritual Successor, Blake's going to say, and these are cool games, and you are going to get to say, that should not be made. Cool. 
But they should be made, though, so I, I can't defend that. <laughs> I know, they should be made, but it's like the tagline, and if we don't say it, the audience can't finish. And <laughs> I, I asked them what? about this. I said, are you guys sure they, that you need yeah, this? They have and said they, it. They have said it. That's what they say. <laughs> I guess if they need it to finish. <laughs> they need it. They need it so bad. They'll... <laughs> This has been Spiritual Successor. And these are cool games that should not exist. 